This is Care Less, Do More. Today on the show, I sat down with professional skier Madison Rose Ostergren. Originally from Michigan, Madison spent the better part of her childhood learning how to perfect the ski turn as a racer. She and her family moved out to Utah, and the freeride scene ultimately swayed her. She started shooting photos, sending cliffs, stomping massive backflips, and eventually found herself sponsored and chasing the dream. Madison is a ball of energy. She's been playing the ukulele since high school, is working on an album, just set the women's fastest known time on her first ever supported effort in the notorious Jackson Hole picnic that includes biking from Town Square, a swim across Jenny Lake, climbing the Grand, and repeating in reverse. I'm tired just thinking about it. She's clearly super fit and spends much of her time training in odd ways like rollerblading 75 miles. She's a fun haver and her energy is contagious. I had a blast getting to know her even better during this chat. Before we dive in, I'd like to thank Rumple for supporting the show. With the holidays around the corner, a Rumple would be a pretty rad gift to receive. I use mine constantly, indoors and out. It's a puffy blanket to keep you cozy these next few months while the snow stacks up and we ski our faces off. Rumple makes weatherproof and durable blankets made for everywhere and everything. They have over a hundred designs to choose from and the travel size Rumple stuffs down to the size of a 32 ounce water bottle. Great for backpacking, an extra layer while camping, a car blanket, house blanket, and pretty much any activity when you want a little bit of extra warmth. Built for the outdoors and as mentioned, a great gift. Here we go. Welcome to Care Less, Do More. Today on the show, we have Madison Rose Ostergren. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm much better now seeing your face and being able to catch up. I know. We were just catching up and I was like, we got to hold tight on this combo because I want this on the (laughs) podcast, (laughs) which is what I love about these long form conversations that don't have interruptions and distractions and like you're just present with the person you're chatting with. It's kind of awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you're born in Michigan and you grew up ski racing, which is clear and obvious from your incredible carving style. So let's dive into that a little bit. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, I grew up a little ski racer in Michigan and eventually moved to Utah. I'll try to keep this short. Um, But yeah, eventually moved to Utah, went to a ski racing academy and then ski raced in college for Westminster um division one which is really awesome and I felt like stoked to be in college and ski racing because that felt like the next like natural progression um and then you know living in the Wasatch I just was like really absorbed and like really brought up in in the little Cottonwood Canyon and up at Alta and so I just tried to like put myself out there as as much as I could like ski super fast and hard like just hitting these cliffs and like to flat (laughs) like I don't know I was kind of just going hard hoping somebody would like recognize me and and then I started working with photographers and that was kind of what I felt like was how the my career started was was with photo skiing because I mean you know too it's like little cottonwood and you have all these like amazing or like OG photographers like Lee Cohen and Scott Markowitz and Adams there I mean there's just like so yeah there's so much of that industry there and so that was kind of the route I took to get into the where I am today but I definitely love like my ski racing fundamentals as yeah yeah 
Yeah, I always think that like you can tell when someone has a ski racing background because their form <laughs> and technique is so solid and like well balanced. And then but lately I've been like, you know what, like I can tell that person doesn't have it, but they've established their own style and it's pretty epic mm -hmm. to like watch yeah, that I develop. Totally. I totally agree with that. Like I love watching the bunch or just like people that just have so much style that is anti ski racing. I'm like, that's sick. You know, like I love watching snowboarding because I have quite a few snowboarding friends here in Jackson. And it's really fun to watch because it's just so different than like the way that like I see like, quote unquote, good, you know, skiing technique. It's just like it's not really about that at this point. It's about like to have style, which I think is the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can get with that. But I do think like, I don't know, there's a few athletes that I love their carve on a snowboard, for example. And I was like, huh, I wonder like which skiers that I like love their turn. And I was like, oh, Madison, I like love her turn. Like she's so oh. fluid with it. And I think it might be even more difficult to master that on skis than well, I don't know, on a snowboard, but I think it's like this, uh, yeah, you've got to have that technique with that carve and like with the flow of it and stuff. And yeah, so I appreciate your style. Do <laughs> well, I appreciate your style. Oh my goodness. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so you grew up in Michigan and you were ski racing in Michigan. Did you have like Olympic dreams with ski racing or was it yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's every young kid's dream, right? Like, oh, I really want to go to the Olympics. Like, I want to be on the U.S. ski team. And, yeah, I moved out to Utah and, like, went to a ski racing academy. And, like, really, I think I definitely had goals of doing that. Um, but I think once you hit a certain age, you kind of have to decide, like, should I try to go to college and, and get ski racing paid for? Or do I try to continue, like, you know, funding this um like ski racing dream that with the u.s team and and so i worked in on like projects and camps with the u.s team and like as a young racer um and it was awesome and like i really wanted to do it but it also like my family didn't come from like a bunch of money like at, when we moved to utah i ended up like living in a in a hallway closet kind of thing and and like hosting kids so that we could like pay for the mortgage on the house and like it was awesome like I feel so appreciative of my parents they are incredible and I love them so much so shout out to them um but it definitely wasn't like you know the easiest thing like I had to fundraise um my postgraduate year between high school and college to like fund that I this the season ahead and so yeah, that was challenging. And then when I got the opportunity to like ski division one in college, I was like, this is like the next best thing. Like I got to just like go for this and, and still try to continue like progressing as a ski racer. Um, but so that's kind of when like my mindset shifted was like, okay, like, I don't know if I can like pay for and fund like 50 K a year or whatever it is to be on the ski team. So yeah, just kind of made it work. And I had a I had a really fun time and learned a lot um, racing with. Yeah, I was the only American on my team. So everyone else was European. And I had so much fun with them learning from them. They had all been like Europa Cup, like super talented. I was definitely like, you know, the young and <laughs> silly American. <laughs> like It was great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think the first time that I was like, oh, dang Madison I was uh 
I actually posted clips from the day with you and there was a bunch of girls and I think you guys were skiing with uh, Rachel Burks, right? And you hit a massive cliff and did a perfect backflip and <laughs> stomped it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is epic. <laughs> oh my, I was fangirled so hard. I was just like, holy crap. Michelle just put me on her story. I'm so stoked. I was hyped. I was like, that was a good day. That was out in the, yeah, out in Rocky Point. I think there was a bunch of people out that day. It was just a really good day to be out there skiing. And um, I was like, I got to go big on this cliff. And and we were filming um, for this little like project and film that I did. And that, and then you posted it. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was really stoked. I was so fired up. Like, I remember watching those clips and being like, no way. This is the next gen, like, stepping in and sending it. It was epic. So, well done. <laughs> well, thank you for posting that. I think that that is something that, like, yeah, I felt so, like, loved in that moment. And I know, like, it's, it seems kind of silly that, like, in so sometimes in social media, you're like, oh, is, what's going on? I don't know what the heck's going on with social media. But it did feel so, like... I felt really, yeah, like loved, I guess is I'm a big lover, but like, yeah, I felt, I felt like recognized and that felt really good coming from you because I've always like looked up to you as a skier and as a person. And so like that felt really, really awesome. So thank you. I appreciate that. I think like, I don't know, social media is a funny thing, but I guess I always revert back to like what kind of positive vibes you can put out into the world through that platform. And totally. like, or maybe teach someone something that's useful or I don't know. I really, it's such a, it can be such a negative space. I just mm. read actually a quote from someone from the New York Times quoted and said that social media is like a slot machine for emotions. Like you go on there and you <laughs> open it up and you're like, I don't know. Will I be sad? Will I have FOMO? Will I be really psyched? And I was like, that is pretty applicable for that. I don't I know. platform. Yeah. But I totally the more agree. love, the better. Like, yeah, I think so. I think it's, we're on the same page for that for yeah. sure. I think spreading love and like positiveness, or like, yeah, showing vulnerabilities and like realness. As hard as that sounds and can be, I feel like that's what I I feel like try to do sometimes, so that I so that it seems more, yeah, real because it isn't always just you know the good the good stuff. And I feel like you do a really good job at that as well. Um, is posting the real stuff it like it makes it feel like like yeah people can relate to you and like want to be there for you and yeah that's super inspiring for me too to see what you do and be like oh I can be like vulnerable I can I can also do this so well it's a hard thing because I think in our culture and in our society like showing those vulnerabilities or um yeah expressing yourself in that way has not typically and historically been viewed as a positive thing but I mm. think it like what I'm finding anyways, because I think I've been really open, much like yourself. Like you say, you're a really open person. I also feel like I'm a really open person. Oftentimes after a conversation, I'm like, did I just share too much? <laughs> and I'm like always checking myself. But like through vulnerabilities, especially like sharing stuff with my dad, for example, I'm like, if other people are going to go through that at some point, they can see that and potentially use that as a blueprint for how they want to manage their stuff or they can take little bits and pieces and uh, the amount of connectivity that I found through being vulnerable is like really inspiring and it makes me feel not as alone in going through something like that mm -hmm. because to be quite honest like I can relate to new moms so much more than anybody else right now 
because you're like taking care of another individual and your schedule and your priorities shift and um yeah I'm like going to group fitness with like all these mom friends I'm like sweet like I would feel so prepared for that next stage of life because you're taking care of someone but um yeah anyways I'm chatting too much about that I love it <laughs> no I love it and group fitness is totally my jam <laughs> really I love yeah. it Oh, me too. I'm I'm actually uh, like in the midst of becoming a fitness like instructor, but it's like it's like dance, you know, like low weight, fun yoga kind of, but just like yeah, like weight lifting, but like light weights. I'm having a I'm having a ball like creating workouts and yeah, here in Jackson, it's quite fun. Oh my gosh, I love that. So you are you already instructing? Um, we like took a course and now I have to like audition this next week to do to like get essentially like hired. But I've been already like teaching a few classes um, with other like teacher trainees. So it's really fun. It's been a fun yeah, like. Yeah, we just don't get that with ski. You know, with skiing, it's very independent in many ways. But like I grew up in team sports. And so to in late, you know, in this part of life, like it's awesome to like go to a fitness class with like. 30 other women and men too, but like it's, mo it, there's a, you know, women dominated, which is just badass. And we're all like synchronized jumping jacks together and like lifting weights. And this chick next to you is trying super hard. And you're like, let's go. And then you're trying super hard. Like it's, it's, it's inspiring and, and honestly just fun. Like I totally am extroverted in the way that like, I love that energy to like, and it just fuels me. So yeah. Group yes. exercise, man. <laughs> I'm so down. Well, it's interesting because, yeah. like, I guess in past years leading up to my season, I would drive, like, 30 minutes to the, like, best gym and Truckee and, like, go and do my workout and have my headphones on and be so focused on it. And then two hours yeah. later, I would drive home 30 minutes. I'm like, an hour commute? Like, I don't have time for that in my life right now. And so I found, like, through my friend who's an instructor at this place, she was like, oh, just come down. It's called Tahoe Fit. Super fired up on it. Shout out to them. But uh, anyways, yeah, I could go. It's five minutes from my house. I've been going to the 545 class in the morning, which is with all the moms. And exactly, you just feed off of everyone's energy. And I feel like it's not the same as like I used to lift pretty heavy weights and I'm kind of balancing it like on the occasion that mm -hmm. I can go to that gym, I'll do it. But um, I feel strong and I feel more than anything, like it sets the tone for my day so well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I'm finding a lot of – yeah, doing both is key, I think, because you can't – like when you're used to lifting heavy and you're like, oh, I got to like get super strong, like that doesn't go away. But having that balance of like – I honestly think like the light weights, high repetition makes you super strong. And like I'm super – I'm very into training. Like I treat everything as training, like cold baths and sauna training and like – I don't know, you know, Jim Ryan and I here in Jackson are just like constantly training. Everything's training. And so, yeah, the the fitness classes, like, I don't know, at least the ones that I'm I'm enjoying, it's just, it's, it's fun to spice it up and change up the routine a little bit than just like that independent like mindset. Um, yeah. It's kind of lonely sometimes, you know? So Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and like the the uh, exercises that I had from my amazing trainer who is so like dialed with this stuff were mm -hmm. sometimes I'd be like I'm kind of embarrassed to do this in front of a bunch of people that are like maybe watching me do this exercise like it's kind of out of the box but it's like very it like works really well but yeah I would always get a little self-conscious I'm I'm like less gym culture I'm forced gym culture by way of like 
getting older and wanting to be really fit. But the culture of being inside the gym sometimes really intimidates me, to be honest. I, I agree. Yeah. That's why we Except- do it in the backyard outside. <laughs> I, yeah. I like, I'm like climbing trees as a workout. So <laughs> yeah, that's epic. Can you talk to me a little bit about your mindset with all of that stuff? And like, what is your preseason prep? Like when you talk about training, do you have, well, I'm going to ask a million questions, but do you have a goal in mind that you're like trying to achieve with that? Or are you just like self-motivated and you're like, I want to be as fit as possible for the ski season? Super good question. Um, I think, yeah, it totally depends. This year I didn't go on tour, which ended up kind of being like, I had so much fun. I needed, I love focusing on training and being like really stoked and not feeling like I fell behind for a month when I had to like travel. So it kind of depends on the season, but yeah, early seat, like throughout the summer, do kind of like summer objectives. But then as soon as it gets kind of fall time, I feel like I start focusing a lot more on like lifting and like strength building. And so that can be anything from like lifting in the gym to like rollerblading like that feels like a <laughs> that rollerblading is like the same as ski touring and skiing so like we do like rollerblading missions like one time Jim I and some friends rollerbladed like 75 miles because we're like yeah we would gotta go hard you know like so stuff like that super fun <laughs> and like um but I definitely like I train every single day and it just depends on what part of the season of like how um much time that is like I feel like um you have you read like the uphill athlete and like there's a kind of a how do I explain this in a verbal way just like ramping up training till you hit like the climax which is like okay highest performance and then like you're and then you go kind of down again and you go into more of like a decompression of like okay now I need to like ramp things down a little bit before ramping up because it's completely unsustainable for like your performance to just stay at that high climaxed point so I like had a high point this summer and then was just like exhausted and honestly needed like quite a bit of time to like recover from like how much effort I had put in and then you that kind of time I like shift my focus to like really like climbing a lot because that's my like second passion behind skiing is climbing so I like climbed all through college and and really love it and it's hard to climb here in the Tetons like sport climb I should say like the alpine climbing and adventure climbing is very fun um but it's definitely like Jackson doesn't have a bunch of like super strong climbers like we have people that are like hard hardened because we have to like climb a long ways to get places we need to go um but yeah I shift my focus to like climbing and like running and then and then it slowly kind of transitions into like a little more weightlifting and like maybe still like running and endurance but like the you know seasons kind of change so I I like going season to season and, and spicing it up because I think that's like the most fun is having the creativity um but I don't think I could ever like the ski racer like kid where that like trains like the way I used to when I was ski racing w- cannot like just won't leave me like I'm like we got to go to the gym like we got to we got to push it hard you know or like doing sprints and um I feel lucky enough that like yeah Jim Ryan like lives down the road he's my like we share two of the same sponsors and we both like train together almost every single day And so that's also really awesome is I have a buddy to just like go and do these like, you know, 
obscure missions with whether like the training could be like swimming and it's like freezing cold we get into some weird shit <laughs> like there's stuff i'm like this actually is maybe not good like i'm not sure what's happening but yeah i, I mean definitely, yeah train a lot <laughs> rollerblading 75 miles yeah dude what like, that was that was that was kind of screwed up i'm not gonna lie like but I couldn't let it go. I was like, we got to hit 75 miles. It was so fun. And, it, and it, it leads to like really fun, you know, fun experiences as well. So I would say like, yeah, I have like the the steady training that I do every single day. But I like in a lot of I do a lot of like mobility and um, core on my own every single day, whether or not I'm doing anything. Um, and then usually I do like a, an adventure, like try to go uphill and then it starts going uphill. Early season is uphill. And I know that you're like that too, right? Like I remember talking to you, maybe it was last year and I had ankle surgery two summers ago and I was really struggling cause I feel pressured to like, especially here in Jackson, sometimes it's like a lot of pressure to like always be charging. And I just like was not there. Like I couldn't be there. I was injured. I like hadn't skied. I like wasn't as the most un like quote unquote unfit that I had ever been because I had to rest for so long. And I remember you saying like, yeah, my like early season is like uphill. And that I had to, I was hoping I get to tell you this, um, helped inspire me because I was like, dude, Michelle's just going uphill. Like she said that like she, she kind of like slow, slows. And I don't know if this is true or not. So like you can tell me that if it isn't, but you were like, yeah, you like go and you're like doing a lot more uphill the first like month or two of the season. And I was like, that's what I should be doing. Like, I don't know why I'm pressuring myself to like go charge at the resort wherever, where I feel this like pressure to be there as like, a, you know, a skier and representative of like companies in the, in the, the mountain, you know, I'm like, I just like, I can't, I can't do that right now. I can't even put my foot in a race boot. And, and I have a really hard time not charging, you know, when, oh, yeah. when like guys are on me, I'm like, oh, I got to like rip. And I'm like, I just couldn't do it. So I just focused on uphill the first like two months of my season. And like, it was numerous things that ended up, you know, last season being like the most fun season I'd ever had. But yeah, that hearing you say that I felt like comforted that if I was like just only going, not only going uphill, but like just going uphill, getting super fit, then I would be okay. And it worked. <laughs> so thank I you. I love that. Yes, that's amazing. I think like I was actually thinking about this today because uh, obviously I've skied a bit at Palisades. We've had a slow start to our season. And then yeah. um, I went touring for my first time today. I actually snowboarded, which is what I do for the most part for like the month of December. Cause like the terrain we're getting into is like pretty mellow. And I'm like you, like when I'm on my skis, I just want to charge. But if the terrain's not quite there, cause we're skiing mellow stuff, I'm like, I'm going to snowboard. And it's so fun. And I like, I also believe kind of how you're saying with like rollerblading or like swimming, like in mixing up those modes of like physical activities, because I think it's building, well, it is, there's a bunch of science behind it, but it's building different neural pathways in your brain. Your brain's like adapting to all these different movements. If you do the same stuff over and over again it can be kind of depleting after a while at least for me I need to switch it up um oh, I don't I yeah but like I've also learned like to couple what I said to you at that point so 
I go weight training in the fall and then I'm going uphill and then that like honestly takes me through February usually and I'm like I'm just like addicted to that. I love that physical form of skiing and being out in the backcountry and doing that but then I start to film in like February or March and I'm like my muscles are not quite as strong. Like I am super lean and like aerobically fit but so anyways now I've started to on my rest days from climbing uphill I'll like do some light lifting mm-hmm. um and I've also started taking creatine I don't know you're probably like pretty dialed in on that stuff but a nutritionist that's a really cool but I've heard a lot of positive things recently about it yeah like I just noticed like I would eat as much as I possibly could and I wasn't able to keep on weight and I was losing my muscles like I was getting just like mm-hmm. lean and yeah built for hiking in the mountains but when I came to filming you need that muscle mass to take those hits and falls and stuff so the creatine and protein powder every single day helped me maintain that muscle mass and it was like a huge difference last year I was like oh dang that was another unlock yeah so do you eat a certain way? Do you eat vegetarian? Do you eat regular? Do you have any like, yeah, what do you eat normally? I have zero dietary uh, zero, restrictions. Yeah. I'm not on a specific diet. I always say like if there is a diet, it's local, seasonal, and then organic. Like the importance is in yeah. that order. Yeah. And I know like I try, I've tried to eat less meat uh, for environmental and for environmental reasons, but my body, like after taking blood tests, like I need meat um, and I will very much notice it in like uh, my energy levels if I haven't been eating meat. So yeah, I eat it not as much as I maybe once did, but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no restrictions. Super- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was curious. Cause I know like there's people like I eat mostly veggie vegetarian, but I'll eat, I eat fish too. So I, I, I kind of am in the same boat as you too. Like the local stuff is super important to me too, but yeah, that's awesome. I'm stoked to hear like the, that you're feeling super good with that. I'll have to look into You should look into it. From my understanding, there's no, uh, negative downsides to it. I, I told Mark Abba about this last year and he was like, yeah. And they sent me an article. I was like, men might lose their hair. And I was like, uh, I, I like quickly debunked that with like some searching and stuff. But um, yeah, Have you seen hair? <laughs> it's, it's thick. Same here. I got a lot of hair. Um, and but it also helps with your your mind. Um, it helps you be more clear and focused. And I've noticed that clarity for sure. Like I just feel a little bit more on it. Um, have also been sneaking it into my dad's banana milkshakes that are disguise or banana smoothies like a little bit of creatine and lion's mane and all these adaptogens and he doesn't know it but it's a brain food smoothie um yeah well I love that nice yeah big smoothie smoothies are the best for that kind of thing yeah yeah big into that so okay we've gone over your training but I do I was like kind of almost missed our interview time because I was like totally in depth on your blog about the picnic, which I need to know all about. Like that looked like the most incredible adventure. So proud of you. Wow. Thank you. Um, It was an adventure. It was really hard. Like now being slightly distanced from it, you know, when you go through a really hard experience, you're like, like the week after you're like, wow, I'm never doing that again. Like now I'm kind of like a little distant from it. So it's harder to like feel the pain that I was in, but it was freaking hard. Like the training was, was really fun. I realized that I'm like a pretty shitty biker and a pretty shitty swimmer. (laughs) 
Like my element is like hands on rock. Like that's my thing. Like I'm fast moving in rock climbing scenarios. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really, it was cool to set a goal to do something. And I kind of kept it on the down low. Like I didn't really tell people that I wanted to like do it for the fastest time. I just was like, yeah, I want to try to do it fast, you know, like whatever. (laughs) But I like knew deep down that I wanted to do it for the fastest. And yeah, I mean, the training leading up to it was pretty intense. I like tried to do Like I was doing like two full big workouts a day, whether that was like biking and then swimming or like climbing and then swimming or something along those lines, like combining two of the activities together. But yeah, I like Jim and I went up the Grand on the Owen Spalding probably like I want to say I did like five times before I did the um, picnic just so that we like dialed in perfectly the exact route that we wanted to like the fastest way to get up that mountain um which is yeah if people don't know i'm trying to think i think it's like five six ish in some spots on the top of the grand so yeah we free soloed the whole thing um and (laughs) yeah i mean i feel super lucky i have amazing friends here in jackson that like all came out and supported me at different parts of the adventure and like that was kind of the biggest takeaway for me was like that I have the best friends ever, obviously. And just like when you say a goal to your friends, you're like, I really want to do this. Like people show up for you. Um, and that that just felt like I felt so loved and supported in that way. And that's definitely like my love language is like, oh, I'd like here's my goal. Like I got to tell you it. And then like people having my back, like that feels really good um, to me. So, yeah. <laughs> that's dope. Okay. So for the listeners, the picnic is you bike 23 miles from Town Square to Jenny Lake in Jackson, and then you mm-hmm. swim 1.3 miles across Jenny Lake. Then you freeze yeah. all the Grand Teton, which is 8,000 feet of climbing. And then you run back down, that's 20 miles total, and then you swim back across the lake 1.3 miles, then you bike 23 miles back to Town Square. It is a picnic, yeah. a proper picnic. normal person would want to go on but like for the freaks i think yeah people people really like it. it's become way more popular now you know oh yes that record's getting harder to break what is the history behind it because that's specific to jackson right yeah it's very well the guy who created it is from here david gonzalez and i know him he's a he's a great guy and yeah it's just gotten way more popular and i think he's gone around and like in the united states and done other picnics so like in the winds and like in oregon and stuff like that so um i think it's inspired people to like try to find zones where you can like bike to swim to climb run and so that's a really cool part of it and it definitely like feeds into like the jackson like try hard mentality um which is just a funny thing that (laughs) you can't like miss when you're here like it's just yeah if you're in the in the community you like feel it and it's it's kind of like fun but it's definitely intense and like but it pushes me i feel like i found a community that i'm like okay cool like this is how hard i want to go and like people are always there's always someone doing more stuff than you and going harder than you and so you're like oh sometimes it's not good when you want to rest sometimes it's fun when you're like okay i could do that like you know so, yeah, it's definitely, like, the guy who created it, I think, did it in the perfect place because it's totally gotten, like, way more popular. And it's really, it's quite a fun event, especially when you're, like, not good at 
that was the fun most like pretty fun part of it is like I really am not good at biking and I'm not good at swimming like I'm a fish that has no like <laughs> like, like whatever I couldn't I couldn't swim like yeah I'm bad yeah. oh my gosh I remember when Hillary Nelson was training for her first iron I'm just gonna say iron woman um <laughs> She was like, I have to swim. And I was like, oh, that leg is the first and only thing that I can do cardio wise post knee surgery. I'm super down to Mm -hmm. swim with you. And so but I was like, I don't know how to swim. And then we kind of started like this swim club and we would meet at my friend's house and like walk to the dock every single morning at 8 a.m. We'd like jump in and swim like two miles usually. And my girlfriend from Canada was on the like Canadian Olympic um, triathlete team. And she gave me like a dope swim uh what do you call it? A wetsuit for triathlete yeah. swimming. And um, anyways, I like with four of my girlfriends, I called this place to get a swim lesson from a triathlete, like triathlete swim coach. And I call him and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's four of us and we'll be there tomorrow morning at nine. He's like, okay, four kids at 9am. I got you. And I was like, no, no, we're adults. We want to learn how to swim. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I got you too. So it was great. So I actually, yeah, took a lesson and then was like pretty fired up on it. I loved it. I think I could have, I could have done better with a lesson. Like I could have, I could have done, you know, like I would have, it wasn't the matter of like maybe the timing. I don't really care about how long it took. It just, it was like the effort that I was putting in was just so much for like how much I was moving. (laughs) Right. Just because yeah. my form was so bad, I was putting in so much effort to, like, get across this lake in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It was funny, all my friends making fun of me about being a bad swimmer. But good learning experience and, and really, yeah, hard adventure. And, yeah, I couldn't stress enough how much my friends made a huge difference in that that whole day. And, like, that was awesome. How was it like the moment that you started off on your bike at what, two in the morning or something? Yeah, two in the morning, pitch black, like alone for the first leg. And then like as soon as I got to the water, like at Jenny Lake, my buddy Christian was there and he was like amping me up. Like he was going to get on a paddle board just so like I didn't drown. Like I was so scared that I would potentially drown in the night. But I had a full moon, which was super sick. Like that lit up the entire like like water and canyon and so that was really beautiful and awesome but yeah it's pitch black and just like getting in the water is kind of spooky I was like oh gosh this is nuts you know I don't even think he knew that I was going for the fastest known time <laughs> like he was just like yeah whatever dude I was like okay cool it's kind of better that way um and then like linking up with Jim and going up with Jim Jim was like full coach mode he's like here we go Mads like let's let's do this and and which is a different dynamic than we usually have in the mountains which is like partners that kind of feed off of each other and make decisions together but it was really nice because you know by the time we got up to like the climbing section like I am I am so exhausted like I am on the verge of just like I couldn't started not I just really couldn't eat anything like I was just exhausted I had been pushing like a pretty high like heart rate for a good amount of time um you know I think I can't remember how many hours it had been but I was really tired and feeling really fatigued and just like kind of slightly delirious talking kind of weird saying like phrases like I'm Mr. Schneebly and like weird stuff and Jim was just like recording me just being like you're a dork you know but being super on it and he kind of had to go into like guide mode and be like all right like 
we've been here before like you know you know the drill but yeah there's some like very consequential consequential zones on the grand that you're like you don't you just don't you can't like slip you can't you can't fuck up there and actually like there had been a death on the like right there in like more like more consequential zone um maybe like a few days before or after I can't remember um so that was also like kind of weighing and like on my mind of just like thinking about that um as moving through like that terrain and just being really safe but it was an interesting year up there um with like the verglas and the ice that kind of came in a little earlier than normal I think but yeah it was once we got down from that I just had to like let it like let it rip but we moved through that whole like we moved through the grand and the running part definitely like as quick you know as quick as I possibly could having to like sometimes take my shoes off on the rundown to like get the rocks out and things but Mm. yeah yeah rocks in the socks brutal (laughs) brutal yeah and then I had a crazy crash on the bike, dude. I, I, I forgot about that. I, like, hit my friend Steven's tire and did a full Tour de France, like, double front flip over the handlebars, like, still attached to the bike in the gravel, like, full full road rashed my entire arm. Um, and, like, I don't think I hit my head. I've had trouble with concussions, but I don't think <laughs> – I don't think I hit my head, but thank God. But, yeah, that was definitely, like, put a, like, put a little bit of a roadblock if – pun intended of yeah <laughs> end of it you know God, yeah God, we're so close we're four miles away <laughs> oh brutal and were you like I'm assuming watching the clock the entire time and understanding like what you had to do yeah totally I had it all like um planned out like hour to hour like okay Adele is gonna be at the swim spot at this time but then like actually I was ahead of schedule that I thought I was going to be and so everyone I think I was like an hour ahead of schedule and so everyone had to like call each other which is kind of tricky if you're in the park because there's limited service in some zones but yeah call each other and be like dude Mads had a ahead of schedule like we got to like shift <laughs> like can you get to can you get across the lake on the paddleboard in like 30 minutes <laughs> like oh my everyone gosh did. it was awesome it was sweet <laughs> that's so rad and so how much time did you beat the previous record by well, I'm not even really – so I'm not even sure, really. I think there was a support – I'd have to look at it. There was a supported time, and then there was an unsupported time. And then – so I came in – I think I – it was like – shoot, I actually don't know. It was a couple hours, I think. And wow. the coolest part about Jackson – this is the best part. The best part is, like, this happens. I'm, like, hyped. I'm, like – I'm really proud of myself. I, like, did it. Cool. And then a a local legend woman goes out and does it unsupported and just, like, crushes the men's and women's time. And so unsupported on this kind of adventure means, like, you're carrying all, like, across the lake, you're, like, trailing your, like, gear. Like, you unsupported, you can't leave, you can't stash stuff, you can't have anyone help you, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, holy crap, if I had to do that swim alone, I would have died. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. so scary. Um, but it's just such a cool, it's, she's like a mother of five, and she's an absolute crusher on Strava and, like, in the mountains. And so I, I'd, I'm actually excited I have to meet her, like, this next summer or something. But she, she just, like, crushed it. And that's the coolest thing about Jackson is just, like, you do you try really hard and then like you inspire someone to like go out and try really hard and it's just kind of like I was fired up I thought it was awesome yeah and just you know the community just like wants to go big you know so yeah yeah 
<laughs> oh yeah, I feel like I lost my train of thought with that because we were talking about going uphill in the beginning of the season and I was like, oh yeah, today I was looking on Instagram when I got back from my ski tour and I went snowboarding and um, snowboarding tour, that doesn't sound like that good. <laughs> But anyways, I got back and I was like looking at Instagram and we have this like famous jump that forms only in the beginning of the season. And it's called mm. the kangaroo kicker. And like all of my friends were there sending it, doing double backflips and like hitting the biggest clips. And yeah, totally. And like people were like sending lines and we don't have that much snow. And I, at first I was like, oh, I missed the kangaroo kicker session. But I was like, wow, my day was like absolutely epic and super chill and like beautiful and amazing and then I was also like okay I'm also playing the long game like with my season yeah. when I think about that stretch of time I'm like I don't need to go and chuck backflips off this kicker that comes in early season and like there's rocks for sure like everyone was fine that I saw anyways but I'm like I'm good I don't need to have FOMO over that like we're good <laughs> long game I totally agree with that. It is easy to get caught up in the moment, though, and be like, oh, like, I need to be going to do that and feeling FOMO. I feel like I'm the worst with FOMO. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, ah. But I, like, but, yeah, it's, it playing the long game has kind of been, like, yeah, I feel like I made a pretty big switch, like, last season to, like, really thinking that way from, like, my other, like, younger self that was just, like, you need to, like, go big, hit cliffs, like, like, you know, I just like found that kind of unsustainable, but also was like, I do lo love going uphill and like I'm a climber too. And I was like, how do I like combine these two things? And so I really focused my season on like ski mountaineering or like, yeah, that was definitely more my focus last year, partially because of like injury and having to be like an uphill chick for again. But I think it was like meant to be like, it almost felt like through the injury, I was able to kind of like understand myself a bit more and be like okay like what do I actually want and where do I want to go like what direction and that's definitely the direction that um like I feel like the best in so yeah yeah long yeah, game a little bit long game for sure I know it's funny last year when I was filming I was like before the season started I was like am I even gonna because I had my sixth knee surgery the summer before and mentally <sighs> I was like am I gonna want to continue to send it in that way or am I like gonna be a bit hesitant when filming to like go big and then when we started filming I was like oh my gosh I still want it so bad like when is this yeah. aspect of my 18 year old self gonna go away and I really tried hard <laughs> yeah I like well when I was I think it was a couple days after I unknowingly did my meniscus I hiked a big mm. line on the east side with Jeremy Jones and we were on the boot pack and I was like man my knee is like really hurts like a ton. Like it didn't hurt boot packing, but skiing down, I couldn't mm. put much weight on it. And he was like, well, Michelle, I think you've hit the biggest cliff of your day. And I was like, oh my gosh, no way. And last year I was on a mission to like find the biggest cliff and hook myself off it. Cause I was like, I still have it. And I hit so many big cliffs and blew up. Like I didn't land <laughs> one of the bigger ones that I tried, but I was like, whatever, I'm out here trying and I feel strong and I feel good. It was kind of a funny like mental check to realize that like that part of me is not gone at all. <laughs> Totally. And I, I mean, I feel I'm right there with you. Like I still love doing that. And when it's like, right. But I also have so much like enjoyment, like charging down couloirs as hard as I can. Like that is so fun. Like, yeah, as well. 
So it's like, I, it's double. I just have to like pick the, for me, I just, I'm like, okay, I got to pick the, like the battles. Like, I don't think I'm going to go do like a competition, like a free ride competition, but I really want to do like this style of skiing because it like suits me or whatever. But I think it's, I mean, it's so, it's so fun to like hit cliffs and like be in powder. And yeah, it's great. I love it. I love both things. Yeah. And like you said, like the seasonality, switching up your modes of um, working out or training or whatever, like the seasonality of winter, because winter sometimes feels like spring and you can't really send it super hard. But I like adapting my skiing to what Mother Nature provides. Exactly. And having that ability to be like a well for that's something that I'm like, oh, I really like that and want that in my skiing like if it's bumps like I'm I've trained bumps like I'm like let's go I love skiing bumps if it's like groomers I'm like perfect if it's powder I'm like sweet if it's you know and so having the ability to like kind of transform to what's available and what mother nature gives is like such a treat and so awesome yeah yeah and to always have fun with it like I don't know when yes. my first day at Palisades I lapped the same lift as many times as I could and it was like it was okay, but I had so much fun. I was like, oh, I love this feeling. Like, skiing's amazing. Yeah. It's the best. Honestly, anywhere your friends are, too. Like, that's the most important to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, when we were chatting, there's been a lot of times when you were like, yeah, I, I train, like, every day of the week. But before we got on here, you talked about taking, like, rest days and fully yeah. being horizontal all day, which yeah. I respect. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. I mean, oh my gosh. Last season, I like, yeah, I skied a lot of up, yeah, I skied a lot of uphill vertical more than I ever had. And I was also like in avalanche terrain more than I ever had. And I was skiing lines more than I ever had. So it was like, yeah, having to be on like that every single day, like when we'd go out and be in like really consequential terrain like where I was skiing like big shit in the park and it was awesome and super fun but I definitely like my body was skiing you know the minimum that you vertical elevation that you're gonna do in the park pretty much if you want to ski anything in Grand Teton National Park is 4,000 vertical feet and your day is gonna be no you know no shorter than four hours and that was like the most minimum chill ski tour you're gonna go on (laughs) so like if that's the minimum, it was just like we were just stacking on days and days and days of just like so much vertical. And when the weather window lined up and when the conditions were right, like that was when we would just like go out and just charge and really make use of like those weather windows and the stability. Um, and then I would eat. So the craziest thing, like my body would actually just be like get sick. Um, this is something that I like kind of crazy like my body doesn't just I think a lot of people think oh Madison has endless energy and she just goes all the time but like no like I got I would do like stunts of time where I was just like going super hard um fully maxing out the amount of like energy I had and then I would be like fully vertical in bed for like not one day but like oftentimes it was like you know three or four and I'd get I would at first get like really frustrated with myself like why can't my body just like continue like what's the deal why do you keep getting sick but it was like my immune system was was like tapped out because I was going and doing so much and like exposing myself and then I think on top of that probably like a level of stress was there because it was like 
we were just like making, you know, trying to make like the best decisions that we could in the mountains. And I think when you're in that kind of terrain, just like you're having to be on and like it's nerve wracking sometimes if you're like uncertain or if you're like, you know, what's going on? Like we're addressing the snowpack here. And like, do we think that this is good? And we're like, okay, yeah, this is good. But I think through this may sound kind of crazy, but like through some of the concussion, like I've had quite a few concussions and um, my nervous system, I, I'm working through like some nervous system stuff because I think it's like hyperactive sometimes and I'll get like nervous, like a, a concussion symptom that I've had is like right after I had a concussion was like really nervous for no apparent reason, like nervous going on like a drive thinking that I was going to dro- like that I was dropping into a, like an Alaska spine line. And that was the nervousness I was feeling, but it, what I was doing didn't match the feeling mm. of what I should be feeling. So I think sometimes my nervous system was like probably being a little more hyperactive in, in the winter. Um, that being said, like it was the best season ever, but it also like came with its cost too. Like I felt, I felt kind of tired in some ways as well. At the end of the season, I was like, holy shit. Like I was every single day, like in like kind of fight or flight. Like if I was out in the consequential shit, like I was kind of in fight or flight for, and that's like not that healthy. So I think this season I'm excited to have more balance and figure out and be like me, be more confident. And for me to feel that I like, try to do things that are out of my comfort zone and then just like continue education is a big part of it for me so that I can become more familiar and comfortable. So like I'm taking my AMGA ski guide course this year. I've taken like AMGA courses. Like I just got back from Montana on an ice climbing trip. Um, And so those kinds of things I think help me like just feel a lot more like confident. They're fun and um, for you learn new skills. Um, But they also I think help will help me feel even more confident being a leader, but yeah, being a young female and like constantly, mostly being surrounded by men in the mountains. Like, <laughs> like I wish that either I, 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 hopefully this season will be slightly different, but yeah, it definitely like takes a little bit of a, you know, um, it was just t- a little bit tiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I spent like, I've spent quite a bit of time in Jackson and a lot of it when uh, the Arcteryx Academy was there, I would go for like a week before the Academy and then stay through the Academy and then two weeks turned into three and four and like all of a sudden I was like, oh, this might be my preseason training grounds because you can exactly your minimum day is four grand and like I loved it. I loved being in the park. I loved my partners there, but I also didn't feel like I ever could keep up with like my partners there. And I was like, man, this is like mentally really hard for me because I'm trying so hard and I know I'm really fit, but I'm just not quite fit enough. Um, I guess that's how I viewed it. And like, I would have to take rest days for sure. And yeah. yeah, And like, even, I mean, I guess too, being the only female too, like it is a pretty masculine culture there, I find. And especially like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, I'm preaching to the choir. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, and I love my partner so much, but like, there was a lot of times where I didn't necessarily feel invited on the big days. 
like I knew that I was I was there with him. Like I wasn't like trailing behind super far. Like I was fit enough and I had the skill set, but I just wouldn't get the phone call. We had toured every day together leading up to that. And then the big day when they were going to do the grand or going to do some like bigger mission, like I just wouldn't get the phone call. And that's okay, but like it's hard for that not to affect you emotionally, especially like I can't help but sometimes go back to the fact I'm like, oh, it's like I'm the girl and like they don't view me as being ready for that or whatever it may be. And so like I think then I like took myself away from that because I was like, I don't think this is a very good like it's a good it didn't feel healthy. Yeah. Mentally more than physically. Um, But and, and so, yeah, I'm curious, how do you like find yourself? in that environment where it is such a hard charging i mean you have like pretty incredible partners it seems like with jimmy and stuff yeah. who really <laughs> understand you yeah which is really special um yeah. but yeah how do you think you like work with that totally i can i can totally hear where you're coming from on that i think yeah the number one thing for me is like i feel like i have really a really great like yeah i can't speak highly enough of Jim like he's an amazing teammate and person to be with in the mountains and um and like our relationship is not flawless by any means like we have gone through a very long journey and friendship together that like is constantly changing and we're navigating just like communication and like this season I literally had to be like hey listen like I think I just need a little bit more like um like, I need to be able to be like, hey, like, listen, I'm kind of feeling like weird about this. But I think last season, I was definitely fit enough because I like, I trained so fucking hard that I was like, no one, I want to be like leading. I want to be like going so hard that like I am leading the boot pack, like I'm leading the skin track and like I want to be going as fast like, but then that's a pressure, right? So like, it's kind of a double edged sword, like, okay, like I'm keeping up for sure. That wasn't the problem I got like from being super injured and at zero to like, okay, now I'm like fit as heck and I'm going to not only be able to keep up, but like now I need to just like have all of the skills so that I'm an asset to bring to the team. So like, what can I do? Like, do I need to be really like dialed? Like, what can I bring to the table? So like all these things are kind of like weighing on me. And like, you know, you hear these negative voices that come into your head of like the reasons why you're like not good enough. Those, those happen to me and I'm like, oh, I better like you know, I better, you know, not just be like good vibes. Like I have to have, you know, like, like super hard skills to bring to the table in these like partnerships. So that being said, I think what ended up happening, and I don't know if this is good or bad or whatever, what ended up happening is like, I turned very masculine. So like, I lost so much of my femininity (laughs) throughout the season, like good or bad, I don't really know. Um, but my balance was super off. Like I was so focused on like being able to like do these objectives and like charge and like be at the top of my game. Like the most intimate relationship I had last season was with the snowpack. That was awesome. Like it was really cool, but I also just like didn't have much balance. Um, And I was like pretty masculine, which is also totally fine. I think too. I think I kind of fluctuate season to season and how I feel like how I identify but um I feel lucky that I have partners that like believe in me and are like you freaking got this like 
you put so I think yeah you train with someone all together you see someone like put in so much effort and work so hard whether that's like in continuing education or taking these courses or like learning or like working out super hard and like I feel lucky to have someone like right by my side that's like dude you've put in so much work like you are so capable of this like let's go do this like we've been waiting like what do you want is this what you want let's like fucking go (laughs) so that is like super inspiring that I have partners that are that are like there for that um but it's like definitely a relationship that like I has taken many years to build with this person um that we can like both I mean you're putting your life in someone's hands and you're trusting them to like okay we're gonna go do this and like I I know you're capable of this and strong enough so yeah I feel really lucky that I have good partners for sure I think my next kind of step moving forward is like okay how can I like this season have a little bit more balance like tap into more of my like continue doing music stuff and like more of my feminine side and having like female friends and being a bit more of like a leader um I feel lucky to have been like a like had amazing partners and making decisions like alongside of each other as like peers um but I think as a young female in the industry I relied a lot on like the older guys that I was out with and learning from them, which was really awesome. But I feel as though I'm like in a like a part of my career that I also want to be like a leader. And so I'm transitioning into that and kind of understanding how that goes and like having the confidence to do that is a goal of mine um, going into these like next seasons. So <laughs> sorry, that's yeah. kind of a long. <laughs> no, I've got the time. I love hearing about it. I think it's like I I think thinking back on my career and retrospect, like the moments where I felt the most empowered with my voice and the skill set that I knew how were when I was in the mountains with other women. And I think that part of that was because you could step up in moments and be the leader. And um, I never felt like there was space to be that leader when I was surrounded by other men necessarily, Mm -hmm. or I never had the confidence to speak up and do that. But when I yeah, was in the mountains with women, like, and we also communicate differently and we support each other differently. Mm -hmm. And even having someone else, like, ask you a question about, like, yo, I'm going to ski this line, but what do you think about it? Like, instilled this confidence in me that they felt like I had a voice of reason in that time. And, like, yeah, so I think, I don't know, for me, like, being in the mountains with the women has really done that for me. But it is, I think, having visited Jackson so many times, it felt really hard to find Mm. those females that were going into the park and doing what I wanted to do. And I know they're there, but it was harder for me to find that. Yeah. Totally. I think there's even more now too, which is really awesome. And I'm excited to just like keep getting more into that community. But I, I I also agree with you with the, with it's a different kind of um, like you're, you're having a totally different experience when you're with women in the mountains, I think in, yeah I feel definitely empowered I feel like I can be a leader and use my voice in a different in a different way um yeah it's no matter no matter like I love my guy partners for sure they're amazing but no matter what like the a woman having a female to female conversation you know I'm it's just a very different kind of conversation that's gonna happen and there's a lot more to just like a big day than just like the objective and I think asking someone like how's it going like there's more like (laughs) 
wondering how like how are you feeling like okay it doesn't actually like are you feeling tired okay that's one thing like are you feeling like nervous about what's going on then snowpack like what are you observing like women are super intuitive like there's so much more going on on a ski tour that sometimes like sometimes I'm like this is like too much emotion but like then I'm like no I actually love this you know like I need this too and because it's sometimes like you know when you're out with you know, generalizing here, I need to make sure that that, I'm being a little bit generalizing, but like from my experience, sometimes with like going out with men, it's just like very like, this is the objective. This is what we're doing. (laughs) Like, and, and like, we're going to have fun, but it's like about to, you know, we got to do this. And then with women, it's like, dude, I I don't actually care where we're going right now. Like, we're just going to like have so much fun. It's empowering. And like, if you're feeling like you're nervous about this or like you, you're feeling this, like, I respect that. Like, that's super chill. There's no pressure. Like, my my nervous system is just, like, chilled out when I'm, like, around other women. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I remember, like, meeting Morgan Kelsey on the skin track there and being like, oh, I got to catch up to her and I have to have a conversation with her. And I, like, ran up and I was like, hi, my name's Michelle. What's your name? Uh, I've never seen a girl out here. I'm so excited to meet you. And then we, yeah. like... <laughs> exchange numbers on the skin track and I went out with her like a few days later and we had like yeah we were totally it was just the two of us and we went out for a bigger day and we had an objective and we went and we skied it and it was epic and Mm -hmm. I actually like triggered a little miniature slide um and I really it was uh in four set like I the day before maybe I had noticed that the north spacing stuff was sloughing a ton and moving really fast and uh, yeah, so I dropped in and I think at the top she was like, I was like, you go first. And she was like, no, you go first. And I was like, okay, I'll go first. And I was pretty fired up, but I kind of like had forgotten about how fast the slough was running. So it wasn't yeah. really a slide, but it was fast enough slough that like all of a sudden I was like knocked off my feet and like lost my ski and lost my pole and tweaked my shoulder. And I eventually got my ski back, but it was this really cool experience to have Morgan there with me to debrief and like we were like I like neither of us were like bummed on what had happened like I don't like taking falls like that but it was it was minor in comparison to like an actual avalanche or anything but it was this beautiful moment to have just another like female person there to like calm the nerves down and like not be judgmental or anything and just like move through it and I felt like the day was a total success because we had gone out and like ripped together and it was epic and yeah I don't know that day like sticks out to me so much because of that relationship that was formed I guess totally in like a great like a yeah it's always a bonding experience getting out in the mountains with someone but then when you go through something like that we're like that's like unexpected and nerve-wracking like having another person there that yeah it's just like that it had to feel really, really good, you know, to have her there. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. You guys are amazing. That sounds like a strong duo. I'm like, oh, so it was so fun. And like thinking back to that moment, because when I did debrief it, I was like, okay, I noted that the north facing aspect was sloughing super fast. I knew that from the day previously of skiing north facing Mm -hmm. zone. And then when I was on top, I think we were both so thrilled to be out there with each other. Like I said, if she was like, you drop, I drop, you drop, that I yeah. kind of like all of a sudden didn't think about that. And I think there's a split second in these moments when we're dealing with big terrain and avalanche terrain and stuff where you can almost forget because of what's in front of you. 
And like if I could rewind that, I would have gone back up there and taken a deep breath and like really thought about my every move before dropping in. And I think I've like kind of stuck to that since then of being like, no, I'm going to like think this through a little bit more. Like if something does go, where do I want to be? How is the snow reactive? And just taking a pause before dropping in. I think that would have been helpful. Yeah. Awesome. What a cool learning experience. And with another amazing, talented athlete. And yeah, she's great. Yeah. Total badass. Okay. I'm staring at you. I can see Madison on the screen. And I just noticed that there's a sign on the wall that says, you're making an album. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Long. It's going to take a while. But yeah, and I love music. I... Yeah, through the injury that I had the last two summers ago, I played a lot more music. Like, I was playing music in Jackson. I have a great, like, crew of people. We have, like, a little band and stuff. Like, that's super fun. But, yeah, through injury, I was able to, like, find this creative self and really dive in. I was, like, read this book called The Artist's Way, which I highly recommend reading if you haven't read it. It changed my life. Um, it's essentially just like a workbook, but it, it you know, it has you write every single day, every morning, three pages. So I wrote every morning for three pages for like 12 weeks. And I still, I mean, I know it's right here. I go through a lot of moleskins, but yeah, through the writing process, I like just started like, I felt like the, okay, we can, I'll get into it a little bit. This is, this is, this is my like, I take away from this whole thing. If you write three pages every single morning, your subconscious mind that like has anxiety or stress or like loops things in your mind, like that's always scrambling up in your head. And if you're able to just like write out every single morning when you wake up, if you have time, give yourself like 15 minutes to write three pages. Then what ends up happening is what I've noticed and kind of the book addresses this too is that you're opening up space for like new creative energy to like come and like drop in creative thoughts to you and creativity is such a beautiful thing because our inner like child was so creative but through our like life we've been like kind of like maneuvered to not be creative and to be like you know in school like science math no recess like recess these days are get- is getting shorter I hear anyways I'm pissed about that I just think you know art and being creative in any medium in any form is super important and we're kind of conditioned out of it that being said I like got really into it I'm writing all the time and I've always been a big writer but I just started all of a sudden like receiving songs which is kind of like poetry and I was like wow this is so sick like I started and there were songs but a lot of it was just like heartbreak over the years like because songs are always about love right love being in love or being you know hurt and heartbroken and all of a sudden I started like processing all this stuff and it was a beautiful thing I just started writing a bunch of songs and music and then I started like sharing it to people and everyone's like that's like this is great and I, I still kind of don't feel like it's like amazing I just I'm like this is really fun and a great outlet and I play it like some open mics and stuff like that um but it's a really awesome like side like it's a side of me that isn't athletic and I've always identified as an athlete and as someone that moved my body and this is like so not that but it is some way to express myself in a creative way that helps me just like process life and and I really am so thankful that I I feel so lucky to have that outlet 
Um, and so, yeah, the album, I don't know when, and al- albums take a really long time, turns out. Yeah. Um, and it was especially when you're not in like a musical, like you're not in LA, like where you can like, oh, I'm going to go to this like producer and like, just like record this stuff. Like it's very challenging here. Um, so I'm kind of on the slow, I'm on the slow train to like, eventually that would be a, I'm a very like handwritten goal. That's why you're mentioned in the background of this call. I have a sign, but yeah, I like to write out my little, like little sayings and notes to myself to remind myself that, you know, that like, you know, stay on track. You got this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, but you too, you're such a great singer and ukulele player and like what? i love to share that <laughs> thank you i don't know that that's the truth but i how long have you played <laughs> well i picked up the ukulele during a injury actually and i was like okay this is a pretty happy like sounding instrument like it's hard to play a sad song on the ukulele and so just like strum while I was horizontal recovering from this injury and then started taking lessons got really fired up on it oh randomly this was so funny I got a phone call one day and it was from like a talent scout and he was like hey I'm lining up a shoot for specialized bicycles it's on like their intermediate level bike and basically it's gonna be we were looking for an athlete that can run bike climb and preferably play the ukulele so you would have been perfect for this too but but um and I'm like oh that's really weird that like sounds oddly like me and he's like yeah you're the perfect fit and he and so I fly out to this thing and he was like I need you to write a song and this is like I don't know six months after I started playing the instrument and I'm like write a song yeah totally I can do that like this sounds like a sweet gig and then I hang up the phone and I'm like oh my god I have to write a song yeah <laughs> so I call my ukulele instructor and I'm like Chad uh we we gotta write a song I got casted for this commercial and so I go with him and like eventually write the song and I get super fired up on it I practice it a ton we go on this trip to film the commercial Um, I had just taken a ropes course, actually, which was so epic. It was a rescue ropes course. But in that, I learned how to, like, rig a camera guy and lower him down on the side of a cliff so that he was locked Mm -hmm. off and, like, dialed. And I could climb this. They wanted a cliff by a waterfall. And I'm like, where are you going to find that? And so they, like, (laughs) scouted on Google Maps and found a cliff by a waterfall. But it was, like, it had never been climbed. It wasn't a climbing location. It was just there. So I cleaned the route. And then I just top roped it because that felt way safer. I wasn't going to bolt it or anything like that um but yeah rigged them up and did it and I performed the song no less than like 200 times in a closet in the sound booth and they're like okay we got it we nailed it and I was like yes I wrote my first song it's gonna be in this commercial and the commercial came out and my song wasn't the song (laughs) no way dude I was laughing so hard like so much effort (laughs) but I'm down what's that an incredible experience like the process of like writing a a song performing it and then like recording it takes a lot of time so like that was that's really cool that you got to have that experience do you think you do it again yeah for sure like now I'm I don't know I feel like my ukulele skill set isn't it's gotten better and I have like a set list with Aaron that we would love to play at some open mic sometime he's been playing the guitar since he was five which is he's incredibly talented with that. But um, yeah, then I kind of went through a phase two where like I would only play with him and we play every night for like 15 minutes at least before we go to bed. 
But then when he would leave on a trip, I wouldn't pick my ukulele up. And I was like, no, this can't happen. So now I'm back to like, I play music a lot for my dad because that like kind of brings him back to the now and the present moment. Um, so yeah, now I'm playing a lot by myself, which is bringing me more confidence in my music. Interrupting this episode real quick to shout out Snowmass, the second largest ski area in Colorado with an average of only two skiers per acre. That's a bit of a mind bender in this day and age, which makes it feel like you have the entire mountain to yourself. Snowmass is well known as a family resort for wide open groomers of which I would love to watch Madison ski, but it also has more than a thousand acres of expert terrain and terrain parks. Only 15 minutes from the Aspen airport, the Snowmass's lift ticket also provides access to Aspen Mountain, Highlands, and Buttermilk, home of the X Games. When I used to compete in the X Games, I loved days at Snowmass and had so much fun ripping around the long wide open groomers to get to the park. This place has it all. Visit GoSnowMass.com to discover all of the possibilities. I think, like, well, yeah, Mikey, obviously we know Jim and I both know Mikey from here, and he's just such an awesome dude. So we're just like, you know, after last season, like, there's a little bit of ice climbing. Yeah, it, like midwinter skiing the Grand, there's ice. There's ice on it for sure. And I was, like, super nervous going into, like, that part of the day um last winter when we when I skied the grand and yeah you're just like in a couloir you know not knowing exactly like what the snow is like above you and like you know you're ice climbing and we're simul climbing and like I'm, I'm a climber so I'm like okay like I feel like I can do this but you know I'd never like I'd only really used like ice tools and like a little like a little bit of ice mixed kind of terrain um so this was definitely like more of like okay I need to like do this but then I got on the ice and I was like this is sick like on the grand I was like this is freaking awesome this is the best part of my day I was like I love this I want to like do more of this um and so yeah because our winter has been slow this season um Jim and I like in the in the summer we're just like we should go do like a little intensive with Mikey and see if he would just like we just go ice climbing with him and kind of like we called it the decooking of uh of like of the skiers that are trying to ice climb and we climbed like pretty hard stuff like I thought it was hard Jim and Sam and Mikey and I like climbed like some awesome stuff and it made me feel good that like yeah the beginning the first the first pitch that I did it was just bad like screaming barfies I was like so pumped and gripped onto the ice axe onto the ice axes and then by like the day three of like climbing every day all day I I was like wow this feels really awesome I feel like so much more confident in my ice climbing like we're climbing vertical slash overhanging ice that's like challenging and like some other mountaineering objectives are going to feel like most everything in Grand Teton National Park is going to feel kind of like a walk in the park now um after climbing like this hard of hard of stuff like I didn't really know I didn't know how hard we're kind of climbing I knew that we were like they they trusted it they're like okay Mads and Jim are athletes like they're strong they climb but like I came down to this we came down to this crag in Highlight Canyon and someone was like oh you just did like mummy four or something like I think that's what it was called and uh I'm like yeah it's like my third day ever ice climbing and they're like you went and did that your third day ever and I was like yeah like I I made me feel good about myself because I was like oh like we did something that was like a a, a suit like challenging I guess but like I (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know like that we like exactly what we were getting into. I put a lot of trust in those guys. Um, and it felt really good to like trust them because they're so good at what they do. 
Um, and they're just like the freaking best. And it was inspiring to see them just like in their element and then like put trust in us. Um, and then just like talk to them about like real stuff that goes down. Like I, I think you're right. In some ways it's like weird if you're like, oh, I, I'm a professional at what I do. Okay. Like I'm a professional skier. Like I can't ask for instruction on anything. Like I should be good at everything, but like, I don't feel that. And I at least try not to like have, I have no ego with ice climbing. I never been. So I'm like, I, you know, like I could just be awful at this. Um, luckily it wasn't as like hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I think from having a climbing background, but I, but I love learning and that's something that I think you have obviously expressed as well. Like learning is so fun and it opens up these new neural pathways and, um, it, which is exhausting in the beginning, you know, when you learn something new, but I love doing continuing education and like doing rope skills and like doing glacier, like rescue stuff. And just, it's a, it's a really awesome way to like, yeah, level up or, or just like expand as like a, as a human and as a skier and, and to be able to access other kinds of terrain. Like, I think that's my goal with it too. Michelle is like being able to like, I feel like I'm in the best training grounds for like what I want to do with my skiing and career. But, you know, beyond that, having the, the tools to be able to pull out when needed and not be like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Be like, no, I know that I can do this because I've climbed way harder than this. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That's so awesome. I was kind of living vicariously through you because I had chatted with Mike and Sam about going on that same trip and I was so fired up. And then that's what we were, that's what we were all saying. We were like, I wonder if Michelle's going to come with us. Like we were, <laughs> Jim and I were hoping that you just like that you were going to be there. <laughs> I was so wanting to be there. I think like, yeah, that's one of the things right now for me is like, okay, what can I do and what feels right to me to do? And to be honest, if I go for like, two days without seeing my dad I totally am like oh my gosh I I have to go and be there and be present and I think part of that is just because yeah I love being around him and I don't know that time is so precious so I was really hard to back out and it was even interestingly like Mike and Sam like Mike is a really close friend now and we have these long beautiful philosophical conversations like quite frequently about the mountains and our uh, approach to the mountains and Um, risk tolerance and all kinds of stuff and it was so hard for me it is so hard for me to commit to something and then back out that's like not really my way and I had to do that and challenge myself to make the phone call and be like I just really can't I can't do it but there was some telltale things that happened I think that I was like okay yeah no the right move is for me to be here right now but I was like go Mads go go get it (laughs) Well, we'll have to do it again because, like, I feel like I would love to go do that, like, again at some point. Like, I think it's super fun. And I feel now that, like, those kind of skills are, you know, practicing them more. And maybe, like, the season is, like, okay, climbing season and then go into ice climbing season and then ski season. So I think it's a fun – it would be – a yeah, it would be so awesome to, like, all get out there and do that because it is really fun to, like, have no ego about something and be like – wow, like, I'm just a skier. Like, this is great. Like, <laughs> I get to just learn, you know? Yeah, decook a little. Decook a little. But also, <laughs> I I think that that's really important. Like, you, like where you're at, having to make that decision is 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 so challenging. And, like, your, your heart, you know, you're making – the decision is coming from your heart, and it is so, like – hard because you're like oh I really want to like do this thing but like what's really important to you right now and like 
you know what's really important to you right now and that will always be there like the adventure and the climbing and stuff like that will always be there and like right now this is like so important for you to be with your dad you know and he appreciates that and loves that yeah yeah it's interesting because even just yesterday he was like what's your plans for the season and I was like I'm gonna stay here as much as I can and he was like kind of bummed he was like I think you should live your life and I'm like I don't really feel that way right now like this is what I want to be doing and I recognize that you're giving me that space and that you support me in that but like I don't want to do that right now like I want to be here with you um but it's also like I'm finding the hardest moment for me is having to make those decisions which is interesting to feel like once Mm -hmm. I say no I'm totally good and once I say yes I'm like generally totally good if it's the right move but the actually coming to that truth coming to my truth has been a really hard process totally I imagine I I think also like I sometimes fall into like people pleasing too or being like, oh, I have to follow through with this or whatever. And I think the most important thing you can do is just like be honest. Like if that changes, that is so okay and be like – because people really will understand you. If they're a good person, they will understand that like, oh, this is what you are going through right now and like I love you and that is so okay. Um, And, you know, just like – it's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Wherever you're at is okay. And I think a lot of people like respect that too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally like being honest and being uh, confident in following your truth. I think it also allows others to do the same that are around yeah. you, which is cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm psyched you did that. That's awesome. I was like, yes, Mads. It looked so fun too. It was it was warm. It was like at one point I was just getting direct. We were actually in a waterfall. <laughs> it was just no. laughing. <laughs> it was funny. I realized uh, that I like definitely like skiing more, but it was a really it was a good experience. Yeah, you're so building wow. on the skill set. Yes. Yeah, we'll go get ours one day. <laughs> we will. I usually come. Um, I mean, can't wait for you to come here and we can we can climb and ski and do all the things. Oh my gosh, yes, please. And two, come out to the east side. I'd be psyched to go yeah. out there with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny here though, because like our training ground, like, I don't know, it's like 2,500 max to get to the top of one of the mountains here, or maybe yeah. like three, close to 3.5, you know? Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, you got to do a lot of laps here to get like super fit for the east side season. And it's. Yeah when you're doing the same lap and you're just yo-yoing it like as much as you can sometimes I'm like well this is a lot harder than just going straight up for like 9k <laughs> totally it's so much harder yeah because it's the same thing you're like I've seen this before <laughs> yeah what's your focus this season then I think hmm I mean kind of similar to what we've been talking about yeah. I think I still like human powered skiing uphill ski mountaineering objectives like that's like free ride ski mountaineering is kind of my thought like that's kind of where where I want to be and um like kind of using the skills and fundamentals like we talked about as a ski racer and like charging really hard but then like having the skills to be able to go out and access these like lines that are um that are like hard to access if you didn't have those skills I guess that that that's kind of my jam right now um I want to continue doing that but yeah goals for the season like 
I want to have fun. I think Jim and I are starting hopefully a YouTube series. We'll see how that goes. All with with all of the like free ride mountaineering style. Um, that'll be a new chapter because I've never really done anything like that. But I think that's yeah, that's like the I think a fun creative piece that will be added to the season. And yeah, just continue to ski, have fun, try hard but have like balance. I, I really, it's been a really slow start to this season and I've had a, a lot of time to, th- to think about like what I want to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it'll be, it'll be good. I just, I'm, I feel like I'm in a better like place. I feel like more confident in myself than I did seasons prior. And I feel like after last season, I didn't film with any big productions last season. And I think that was also kind of a blessing in disguise. Like, I feel like that's a validation that's like nice to have. Like, oh, I'm in a big movie, but I, or like this person's validating me, but I also kind of like feel like that also needs to come from myself and be able to kind of work through that kind of confidence. And be able to like do my thing and that's what I did last season and I was just like I was throwing GoPro videos up on social media that was kind of like all I did the whole season but I skied for myself and I skied really hard and I had the best season of my life and I think I want to like do that again but hopefully now I can add in a little bit more like the creation part which would be like the the YouTube stuff so yeah that's awesome I very much support that I can't wait to see it and make your album which is gonna be and make your album How long um, have you been playing the ukulele for? Since I was in high school. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 And like play a little guitar and piano, just like not very good, but just having fun with it. More of an outlet for maybe my voice and like lyrics and songwriting. But yeah. Yeah. That's epic. I, we well, oh, that's the other thing we have to do is play the ukulele. I can learn some things. Ukulele from edit, ski edit. That will be freaking sick. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun if i get a if i get a moment where i can strike mission to jackson we'll go oh put that together <laughs> music awesome. is like this coolest way of bringing people together i love that connection like, if you're harmonizing with someone and singing with them like it's this beautiful connection piece it is vulnerable if you're like nervous about that for me it always feels vulnerable but i think it has this like beautiful communal vibe to it i dig it Totally. It's a good energy. It's like very energy transfer and the connection is is unlike any other connection I feel with people. The musical one is like is profound and amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Sidebar story. But the like that's totally what brought Aaron and I together. Like we had always kind of written songs together and sing them. And then like, I don't know, maybe it was like a year into our friendship, like we ended up staying up one night until like four in the morning playing music in the woods, just the two of us, just like, ha- and I was like, this is amazing. This is so special. <laughs> so amazing. Yay. I love that you guys have that together. That's special. That's fun. Well, do you have anything else to add? I feel like we've ran through a lot of things. No, I'm just, I feel great. Thank you for asking all these awesome questions and being so vulnerable and open and amazing. Oh, thank you. Right back at you. I love your energy. Don't go losing that. Take your rest days. That's true. That's true. Rest, everybody. Hydrate. Yeah, yeah. I know. As I've been chugging my water while we're talking, I'm like, I need to rehydrate. It was so warm today. We had epic snow, but it got so warm. 
Dehydration's oh. a thing. <laughs> well, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you more and seeing you hopefully this season. But yeah, I appreciate you and you're such an inspiration. So love you. Love you too.